And I was losing my mind. I had no family around me. And it was crazy times. So I can't say I was really funny then. But, <laughs> but lots of humor came from it. And now, coming to you from the K2 Studios in San Diego, California, it's the world-famous Chris and Christine Show. Hey, what's happening, everybody? How are you guys doing today out there? You know, I am Chris. And I'm Christine, and welcome to episode 64 of the Chris and Christine Show. Do-do-do-do! Yes, a great old fantastic. How are you doing today? And thank you so very much for listening to our podcast. We both really, really appreciate this. Yes, we definitely do. And it has been a busy time of year around our household. So, Chris, why don't you start us off with telling us about how your week has been going? This is... Today happens to be Saturday, everybody. Yes. We're recording this, which happens to also be my very first day off on vacation. Vacation Chris is back. But you're thinking, Chris, you just went on vacation like a little while ago. And you would be right. I did just go on vacation, but I'm back again because I love being on vacation so much. I figured let's go back at it. And now we are on vacation this week, starting today and all through the entire week on vacation. And why would we be on vacation this week, Christine? Well, you're on vacation and I'm on vacation too, which is a rarity, right? Right. Wait, you're on vacation too this I'm week? I'm on vacation this week. Well, check that out. We're I both know. on vacation. But why is it, Chris, that you took vacation week? I took vacation this week because we are getting married. Woo-hoo! Can you believe it's almost here? It's very nerve-wracking to know that we're actually getting married. I actually didn't sleep very well last night <laughs> because I was so nervous. What is it? Okay, so uh, are no, you... Okay, I'm sorry. I take it back. Okay. Not nervous, more excited. Okay. Anxiety. I was just going to ask you, are you like nervous about the idea of getting married again or are you nervous about like being in front of people or what are the nerves all about? I think it's a little bit of everything, making sure everything goes off without a hitch. Uh, we got a lot of... There's a lot of moving parts to this whole wedding we got going on with the um, the venue, the reception, the all the people coming. There's just a lot of pieces to the puzzle, and I want to make sure that they all fit and go off without a hitch because I don't want to be one figuring it all out the day of the wedding, and neither do you. Right, but that's the great thing is we have done hiring – well, done, listen to me. We have hired – a wedding coordinator who's going to handle our ceremony. And we also have a reception coordinator and an assistant that are handling. She's going to be here Thursday afternoon, the day before, all day Friday, and then on Saturday morning to make sure everything gets torn down for that very reason, because I want you and I and our boys to really be able to enjoy the time. Oh, I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. And I know you're thinking, so hey, guys, where are you guys going for your honeymoon? Is it Hawaii? Is it Maui? Is it Fiji? Is it is it to Europe? Actually, it's none of those places. But we are going to an island. We are? Yes, we are. Well, a peninsula. <laughs> <laughs> we call it an island, so we're just going to call it. We're going over. We're hopping over and doing an island hopping honeymoon. Yeah, well, it's called <laughs> Coronado Island. Actually, it's more like a peninsula, like Christine said. But it's here right across the uh, bay in San Diego. It's- but it does feel like a completely different place because it is a small little town and it is really beautiful and it's surrounded by the ocean and we're staying at a beautiful inn and I'm very excited about it all. Oh, I can't wait. I love the whole – I love getting married for the whole – funsy stuff more like the uh, honeymoon part but because of covid we can't go to hawaii that was the original plan right but, but during your covid <laughs> 
But we're going to have an amazing time, right? Oh, it's going to be absolutely amazing. And the weather, it has turned around. Last week it was raining, and this week it is sunshine and warm. And I mean, not like hot, but it's like in the 70s. Yeah, it's been really nice. It's been mild, but it's been very cold at night. Yeah, I got to get the fireplace going. Maybe tonight later I'll get the fireplace going. And definitely all week I love running the fireplace. I know. I love when we have the fireplace going too. But I can get it like so hot. It's like, okay, <laughs> let's open the windows now. It's too, yeah. it's too hot. <laughs> definitely. But it definitely has been a busy week. And we had some fun stuff happen last week. Right, Chris? Yeah. What's up? About, what happened last week, babe? Well, my parents came to stay for with us That's for the very first right. time. And we had such a wonderful time. Had my bridal shower. And that was really fantastic. And it rained all weekend, but I had some very, very sweet friends put on a Schitt's Creek themed bridal shower. Wait, wait, what is Schitt's Creek for those who don't know? Oh, gosh. If you have not watched Schitt's Creek on Netflix, then you absolutely need to watch it because it is hysterical. It's so funny and it's very witty and it's a, a Netflix show. There were six seasons of it. Well, I mean, it was on pop first, but it came to Netflix. Six seasons. They're like 25 to 35 minute episodes. And it's about this family. It's a riches to rag story. And it's so it's so hilarious. Yeah, the family, I guess, own a movie, uh, like a blockbuster chain of uh, rental right, stores. Basically. And then the mom was some famous actress or something. And I guess the dad who his business partner like stole a bunch of money or something. Right, but don't give away the plot. Well, I'm just the basics of right. it. And but it's an eccentric show and there's some eccentric characters. So they had to go from living in this extravagant lifestyle like... Beverly Hills mansion to like living in a motel in some dump water town. Shh, don't tell everybody. That's well, like the first season. Anyways, don't give it away. Well, that's the whole the gifs of the of the show. You booger. You're ruining it. I'm not ruining it. Yes, you are. So my friends threw me a Schitt's Creek themed bridal shower, which meant that we all dressed up and I dressed up as Moira Rose. And that was my favorite. It was so fun. Um, and then we celebrated my mom's birthday. And then they Wait, had, where did we have her birthday party at? We went to Duke's La Jolla. There was just you and I, my parents and your parents. And it was really fun. Right on the ocean. Yeah. Overlooking the water. Uh, right there outside the patio deck. Kind of back back porch area, I guess you call it. Right. And it was windy, but they had it nice and covered so that the wind didn't come in. And then the next day... My parents' friends flew in because they were heading down to La Paz, Mexico, but they came in on Monday and we hosted a dinner party, which was super fun. Right. What did, what did we cook? I No, I went and got it. I remember. It I was w- Chris's night for dinner. That's right. I cooked dinner that night. I can't. I almost forgot what I cooked, but I cooked a beautiful, wonderful, from scratch, <laughs> chicken pot pie, a big, massive one. Yep. From Costco. From what? Scratch. That's my, that's my <laughs> secret. Secret weapon. But you were so adorable with getting my mom's favorite wine and getting appetizers for us and, you know, baking the dinner. I just made a salad to go with it and we set the t- table up beautifully. And it was really fun to get to entertain my parents and their with, friends. Without any kids, by the way, too. It was great. I mean, not saying I hate my kids. No, you love. we love the kids. I but, love the kids. But it was really fun to be able to have an adult dinner night. Right. What was that like? Because the last time I did that was probably before I even had kids. And, and Jacob's 10 now, so at least 10 years now since I've had a really just adults-only family dinner. Yeah, it was really fun. And it was an early night. Chris uh, put the, on the first fire of the the holiday wintery season, even though it's fall. And then I woke up early the next morning and I drove my parents down to the cross-border exchange, the CBX, which is in Otay Mesa, 
which if you don't know, it's this terminal that bridges from the USA to the Tijuana airport, but people can go in on the US side so they don't have to go through driving over the border crossing and they can fly out of TJ. Wait, so let me get this straight. You park on the American side. Yep. You get on a bridge that takes you over the border wall into Mexico, but you don't go into Mexico. You go right into the airport. Right. So you never actually step outside of the airport, but it's to really help people be able to streamline their travel. And it's beautiful. It's actually like a really nice airport terminal. And so I just. But the airport terminal is in Tijuana. Well, but the entrance to the terminal is on the US side. And then you go in and then you go through. customs or border patrol whatever it is inside of that terminal yeah, to show gotta, your passport yeah so there's got to be like a checkpoint it's yeah just like a regular airport right yeah and then there's a moving escalator that takes you or you can walk across this bridge it's like a sky bridge and then you go right into the terminal at tj and you check in for your flight and the difference in price so you could fly from san diego down to la paz mexico and it's a couple hundred dollars you can go to cbx go through the border right there into the TJ terminal and it's $50 each way. What? 50 bucks yeah, to fly? Yeah, it's pretty cheap. I now, mean, with taxes and stuff, so it's they, a little bit more. I heard guys at work do this all the time and there's a guy, he takes his international flights out of, out of that airport, right. mm-hmm. um, not just inside Mexico, right. but, but you can fly to Spain or yeah, where. Yeah, you can where, fly pretty much anywhere. Anywhere. And it's like less than half the price. Wow. Why is that? I have no idea. Maybe it's because it's different airlines, but... They have to fall under the same types of quality control because it's, you know, they have to have safety checks and everything. So it's not oh. like you're flying on a, chick- some, a chicken coop. Airline. Right. No, <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, there's a misconception about that. But um, it was really interesting for me because as I was pulling away, like the border wall is right there. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm like right by another country. Right. You are. Speaking of that, speaking of going next to the border into the border. Uh, we are going to have a very special guest on this week who he- also happens to be on the other side of the border, but not that border. Which one? The northern border. Our next guest comes to you live from Canada. Well, not live. It was recorded earlier, <laughs> but you get the gifs, and we will have her on the show right after this. Hey there, K2 crew. We love having you as our loyal listeners. To keep up to date with what's happening behind the scenes, check us out on social media. Yeah, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. And don't forget to follow our Facebook page. Yeah, tag us in your favorite fun stories. And guess what? You might just end up on the show. The Pod Breed Network is strictly for the small podcasts that are up and coming in the vast world of podcasting. Pod Breed is made up of many diverse podcasts coming together to achieve the same goal of being the best damn podcast network on the planet. Find out more at podbreed.com. Okay, everybody, and welcome back. And today we have a very special treat. We have a stand-up comedian who is also a mom of three. And she also, like us and like a few other you guys out there, have started a podcast. Please welcome to the show... Christine Hall. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We're so excited to have you. And it's so nice to welcome another Christine onto the show. (laughs) It's a, a trio. 
Yes, it's the Christine, Christine, and Chris show. We've had the Chris, Chris, and Christine <laughs> show before, but never Christine and Christine. Well, there we go. It's a trifecta. Nice. We, we got it figured out. All dialed in now. So, Christine, the other Christine, where in the <laughs> world are you coming to us from today? I'm coming from Windsor, Ontario. Windsor? Is it windy mm-hmm. in Windsor? Or is that just the name they gave them? It's very windy today. <laughs> Not usually, but uh, we've been getting a lot of wind. It's just the time of year. Fall, all the leaves. Are oh, you, do you guys does, get snow yet? No, we actually do pretty well. I, I grew up in Sudbury, Ontario, uh, so way more northern. And there was uh, it was just freezing there, lots of snow. So to me, Windsor is like Florida. So in the area that you live in Ontario, um, in Canada, of course, uh, do you actually have a changing of the seasons? Like, do you have a fall? Cause we don't here in San Diego. It's like summer, winter. No. Oh, oh really? So it goes straight to winter. Well, there's like no real well, like, like beautiful s- changing of the leaves and things that I oh. see from like the East coast. Do you have that whole, like kids can we jump do. in le- piles of leaves? Yes. There are tons of leaves. I have a pool and we constantly get and trees in the backyard. So we are constantly getting leaves in the the thing. So we definitely have leaves and they're all changing colors right now. It's so pretty. Oh, I've never experienced that. It's like Aww. it goes from dead that of summer sad. to dead of winter. But our winter is more like fall for other people, right, Chris? Yeah, I mean, it does get does get cold. I must I must admit, it doesn't get Canada cold, but it does get cold, <laughs> and it feels like so freezing. I think the coldest you're probably gonna laugh. I think the coldest it got here it gets in December, and it can drop down to like thirty five. Yeah, thirty five. I mean, that's <laughs> <laughs> she's just laughing. <laughs> but, I mean, that is freezing. Do you get a lot of wind? Are you uh, getting like wind with so the cold? Sometimes. We get wind during the summers. They're called Santa Ana winds, but it's like a dry heat wind. And so okay. during the winter, no, it's pretty just damp, you know. And then oh, wow. we kind of have this weird thing in like May ish. It's called May Gray in San Diego, where it's like dark and gloomy almost the entire month of May, and it feels like it would be winter. It's like Mother Nature got confused when she landed in San Diego. No way. That's interesting. Yeah. May gray and June May gray. gray. Yeah. <laughs> well, so we're excited to have you as our second official international guest from Yay. across the border. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about your yourself, your background, and like who you are? Yes. So I've always lived in Ontario. Um, I grew up in the North part. Uh, my mom was from Southern Ontario, so Hamilton way. And uh, I ended up living with her in my 20s. Um, and soon after I moved that way, I met my husband. Um, so I got married and uh, we just have lived around that area. And we've only lived in Windsor about three years now. So we had all our children. I've had three children and we've had them all in like the Hamilton way. And then he got transferred for work and we ended up in Windsor. So what does what does the Hamilton Way mean? Like, is that something uh, people know in Canada? Yeah. So we're like an hour from Toronto. Oh, okay. Does that make more sense? Yeah. Is it like so countryside? we're in a GTA area. No, uh, we were in the country, yes. Oh, cool. Hamilton is a city. It's a, a smaller oh, city. Oh, I thought you were referring we were to in, I thought you talked about something else like that, like that Disney uh, musical. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Because you said Hamilton Way, and I was like, is that like a way people walk? Okay, so you oh were in, in, <laughs> we in were, the direction of we Hamilton. We were in a okay. traveling theater <laughs> group <laughs> where we had all our children on the stage. Jazz hands, everybody. <laughs> wow, I got to see that photo. 
no, Hamilton's a city. Sorry, guys. Got it. No, we're just learning, you know. So it's like Toronto. Okay. But smaller. And we were on the outskirts. So we were like in that southern Ontario spot. And then we moved like closer to the border. Okay, awesome. And you said you have three children. How old are they? I have three. I have a boy that is 15. And then two girls that are uh, 13. And one's about to turn 11. Oh, wow. So one boy and two girls? Yes. How is that having... How is that having two girls in their preteens? Are they fighting constantly? They aren't. They actually do pretty well. But I mean, my worst day is not that bad. But it still it still hurts. Are, are <laughs> I'm they, still like that's enough. Are they? Are, are you guys all locked down with COVID, or how's that guys guys dealing with that stuff up there? Well, our numbers are down, so we are just masks on. Um, we social distance is in place. So like if you go to a restaurant, the tables are, you know, seated six feet away. Um, when I'm performing the, we have plexiglass in front of us. So there's like lots of social distancing and stuff still happening, but, uh, we can still go to restaurants and stores and, um, you can have gatherings, but, um, there's a limit to the number. Okay. Wait, you just said when you're performing, there's plexiglass in front of you, like lay yeah. that out for me. Cause I I can't even imagine that. It's like I'm in a doctor's office. (laughs) When you're performing stand-up? Yeah. So you have the microphone and then you are, it's like you're looking out a window. Right. And the crowd is right there on their side. So I don't don't, uh, spray them. Exactly. Or or they don't throw tomatoes at you. That's another thing too. (laughs) Hopefully they keep it. He's called a tomato blocker. Oh my God, I'm putting that into my act. Well, there you go. Yeah, credit me, please. <laughs> it, it's, you know, then you don't have to have like the crickets chirping. You could just have like the, the rotten tomato blocker for sure. <laughs> not saying that you're not funny. We know, we know. Yeah. So, hey, uh, so you got the, the wall of uh, the wall blocker in front of you. How many people are out in the audience? Do they have to have limited capacity because of COVID? Yes. So they have like, um, some will seat 50 people. It it depends on the size of the place and then like the table numbers. So they have to follow like regulations. And then a lot of the tables are like seated apart. You can come in with your group, right. And they can all sit together. And when you walk in, you have to have your mask on. When you sit down, you can take your mask off that type of thing. Well, I guess that's really good as an up and coming comedian is that means that there might be a line outside. And so then it makes people like want to hop into line and see what's happening inside of whatever place you're performing. It kind of builds oh. the buzz. You know, this might actually work in your benefit. <laughs> I hope so. A lot of places are just taking um, reservations like um, because it's getting colder out. So we're not wanting people to show up and be turned away because then we lose them. So um, you can like usually book reservations and then pay when you get there or some places will let you pay online and then you reserve your seat. So that kind of helps. You know, I, I find that we've had quite like the few shows we've had, they've been like booked. So that's cool. That's pretty awesome. Sold out crowds. There you go. Thank yes. you, COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I know, huh? So, Christine, uh, it says here that you started comedy at age 43. I did. So, why at 43 and not at, I say, know. 23? I know. Well, I wanted to at 23, but I was – I know it's hard to say if, like, as a stand-up, but I was very shy. Like, as a child, I was, like, 
the wall growing up. And then, yeah, I came out of my shell a little bit in high school, but just with my group of friends. And then, uh, just like through working and stuff, I came, I would get a group of people, like any workplace I went to, I would, you know, branch out there, but it was like always slow to do. And then they would like get my humor and I'd build a, a crowd. So I've made great relationships along the way. So, and now I find like, oh, so, sorry. No, so did you know that you were funny at that age, like as you were aspiring or is it just you wanted to break into comedy? I knew I was there was something there when I was a teen and I could make my dad laugh. He is like the toughest audience. Like you can't break him. And really? I, was just being, yeah, I was being silly and I got him to laugh in a way that I knew I, I got him. If that makes sense. Do you remember what exactly what that moment was like? <laughs> yes. It was like, I think I was reenacting a commercial that was like ridiculous. And the way I did it, uh, I caught him off guard and he started laughing and it was like from a real place, you know, he's not just humoring me. He, it was for real. And I could get him a couple of times with that. So then, uh, and then my friends and stuff. So I knew there was something, but I, at the time, like I grew up watching variety shows. I didn't, I wasn't around a lot of stand up. We didn't watch a lot of it. So it wasn't until I started watching more talk shows. Like I think it was like Rosie O'Donnell's show. And she, yeah, she would have like, she would talk about her experience as a comic and how she started. And she would be like, she, I think started in her, she might've been 18. And I was just like, wait, what is this? And I would hear her talk to other comics about, you know, and I just took more interest in it. But again, I was petrified of everything. So I couldn't do it. And then, you know, life happens. So right, right. I'm married. I found all kinds of excuses, but it was always this nagging thing that was in me. Like, I always felt like I wanted to perform somehow. And as I went along, I just found like humor was my, my way of, I don't know, lightning situations. It's just like the thing that I have. So like when I go to work, I can make people laugh. It's, it just comes easier yeah, than actually I, working. I, I, I totally, <laughs> yes, I, I totally get that. I, I really agree. I kind of feel the same way too. Like I will probably joke about a serious topic and Christine over here gets kind of mad at me for doing that. And why are you taking this serious? Well, that's my coping mechanism of dealing with yes. the seriousness of the topic. But yeah, my I, husband loves it. <laughs> but I've also found that people that uh, like wit comes naturally to them can kind of enter a room with a presence. And Chris and I have talked about this previously on our podcast. I struggle with being funny. I think I I overthink it. And so small talk is really awkward and like breaking into like uncomfortable social situations, like entering in if you have a, a bit or something funny that you can say to break the ice, it must be so much easier for both of you guys to like socialize. Um, I find like that fear is gone. Like, uh, I walk into a party and I'll talk to anybody. So like, um, I usually do, if I don't know anybody, I will take a minute just to kind of feel the, the energy, like the people, like what, will this joke fly? And then I play off whatever's happening. So like my last job, we were in training for weeks and I would play off of, like, I could hear their personalities. And then I would play off something that was happening in that training. And, you know, uh, the thing that they all would say was, um, I mean, they were a lot younger than me and they were like, Oh, we want to go drinking with you. So that was the vibe <laughs> I put out. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> Maybe I thought I had to make jokes like that. Cause they were a younger crowd. I don't know. 
but it, it does help. It, it's a survival technique for me because I am, I think I'm so scared and so worried about what people think about me that I, I go out there, I'll make fun of myself before anybody else can. I'm like, right. I don't know. It's just this weird fluky thing I got, but, um, I love it. Like I love finding the person that is like maybe off to the side or you could, I like to bring them into it or make them get, you know, give them a giggle or you can usually feel them in the room. Like I can usually find the person that is, uh, you know, I love the grumpy ones. So I'll find that person and like, Oh, I love ex- them. oh okay. Explain. Are you talking like the, um, heckler grumpy or a different kind of grumpy? Oh, like cynical and like, uh, they don't want to be there. That person. I find those people are like the most hilarious because they, their inside thoughts are like, they won't say them. But if you coax them out, it's hilarious. Their really? thoughts of like, yeah, like work wide, like any workplace I was at, um, a lot of them would be like, oh, we don't talk to her. She's so mean. And at lunch, she would be on my lunch hour and I would like start talking to her and she was hilarious. So they would be like, I was pregnant at the time and she brought me like a fan and they were, bl- their minds were blown. They're like, she's bringing you things. I was like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> wow. Like you can't rule people out. So Karen likes you. That's great. Karen was my BFF. <laughs> you know, that's, I think that's such a great perspective is, you know, sometimes you get those negative people in the workplace or at parties oh, yeah. and they do kind of get set out on the fringe. And I think that it's just because they have, like you said, a more cynical, maybe more realistic perspective on life that other people yes. don't like to acknowledge. Yes. And that they don't play along. It's right. awesome. They don't go <laughs> along with what everybody else thinks. You know, they had, they walk to the beat of a different drum. And so is that kind of your audience when you perform is trying to tap into that or what would you explain? Oh, I'm getting your a lot of grumpy faces lately. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. You know what I've been doing? Um, I leave the open mic feeling good. So then I take that material to a couple of shows we've had right out of the gate. Right. So I think I had like my first open mic and then there was a show right after and it like I was eating dirt. So I'm like, oh, it's I mean, there's laughs, but it's like I'm looking out and I'm not I'm not getting the the thing I want. So it's a lot of like uh, stern faces. I don't know. Not serious. I don't know the, how you would say it. Like they're not laughing. But they're, right. they're, they're just like looking at you. They're just staring at you. They're just vegging out. Like just like, yeah. okay. They, they see <laughs> they're your waiting mouth. for it they to see... end. They're waiting right. for it to look end. At, do, you ever, do you ever get like the yawns or looking at the watch? No! <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I usually get them to look at me like it's a car accident. Like <laughs> which I'm totally okay with because they're paying attention. And the thing with a car accident is once you look, you can't look away. <laughs> they can't look away. So I have their attention. So I'm like, to me, I'm halfway there. <laughs> I just got to get like more laughs in there. So I think I've just been like overshooting and I just got it. Like I'm bringing it on. I, you know, it, this is how you learn. You have to flop. Right. You're, there's no way you can do this and not flop. So I'm flipping and flopping and figuring it out. Well, that's great, but how long have you been doing it? When your first oh. time you got a mic till now, how long has it been? Oh, uh, I guess a year and a half. Oh, so you're still fairly young in the in the business, I would think. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. well, you're, you learning. sound you sound great to me. So that's all I gotta say. Oh, thank you. 
<laughs> so with- I'll take it. I'll be like, listen, I have been um, approved by the Chris and Christine show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so yeah, the so world don't famous. Don't throw tomatoes. Don't throw the tomatoes. Right. The world famous Chris. For sure. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, And definitely because, you know, we're on the other side of the border. So we're your internationally known comedian, right? So now you are world famous. Making international appearances, Christine. Oh, my God. I'm going to change my bios on all my social media. Absolutely. I endorse that 100%. Yeah, we we came up with with a world world famous. Thank you. We love you, too. We came up with uh, world famous because we had one listener in other countries. And now we're... So now we're officially world famous. You're not supposed to tell our secrets. We're actually in 32 countries now, but oh wow, you know we're, we are gonna just cling on to that world famous. And you know, uh, <laughs> this week we have an international guest. Everybody, wow. we don't need to know you're our northern neighbor. Okay, That's so so serious question now. Ooh. Very serious. We're gonna you know oh, take a deep breath. Down. We're going deep. Yeah. T- are, are you gonna make me cry? I am. <laughs> it's time to get vulnerable. So, uh, where do you find your source of inspiration for your comedy shows and then for your podcast? Um, well, there's like my family and you know, the day-to-day stuff. So it pops up as it, I, things are happening. You could be driving in the car. Um, these thoughts will come to me. It's usually played off something that has happened. I can't really talk about, like if somebody gave me an idea, I can't really use that. It, it has to, I have to have like a personal attachment to it. And, um, other than that, sometimes I wake up and the thoughts are there. Like, it's just random when they come. Um, but the, the inspiration is just like crazy, my crazy thoughts of how I look at certain situations. A lot of it is like making fun of myself as I get older. Um, the kids, the husband, like marriage, uh, we've been married like 17 years, but have known each other over 20 and, um, Oh, you know, like there's lots of material there. <laughs> of course there is. Well, that's great. Yeah. Do you, do you, um, uh, is there some comics that you really like inspire, like their inspiration for you? I, because I grew up with like variety shows, I'm like, there, I have like this, uh, a lot of heart towards, um, like the old school ones. So, so like Phyllis Diller, big fan of her. I actually used her as a gauge cause she didn't start comedy till she was 39 Oh, wow. Okay. And, yeah. So as I was coming up, I would be like, no, I still got time. <laughs> I still got time. And then I went past her and I went, oh, oh. <laughs> if I'm doing this, I better do it. And then I jumped because I was like, I just can't have this regret. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's a bu- I did it like it was like a bucket list thing. And I thought, oh, you know what? It'll maybe just be one time. I'll just check this off and get this v- naggingness out of me. And then I fell in love with it. That's great. Now, yeah. do you think that had you have started earlier now? It's also kind of a two-part question here. Do you find that a lot of younger comics just kind of rush through their set and they, and they don't have like the the patience to really kind of like develop the jokes and they kind of like wait for the laughs? They kind of just run through like a train wreck, you know? Um, there's a lot of young ones that um, I perform with, but they've been doing it a couple of years. So I don't – even the ones that just start out, I – you know, like they have to learn as they go, but they I find everyone picks up pretty fast and these young ones are great that like the Windsor comedy scene, like these guys are, these are good. Like, I love watching it. I watch it like it's a show and I'm supposed to, to me, I think I should be paying attention to like, what are they doing with the mic? How are they doing their punchlines? But I'm like, just enjoying it. I'm very entertained by them. Everybody brings something different to the table, which is so cool. 
That's awesome. Yeah, I used to love yeah. watching. Uh, you ever watch the last Comic Standing show they used to have? It gives me anxiety. Oh, really? <laughs> why, why is that? I think it's the competition thing. So even like when they do like uh, competitions, like, uh, you know, like Windsor has a competition, that gives me anxiety because it almost feels like, oh, then you, you don't, I don't know, like you're good or you're not good. But I just oh. think everybody brings something. So I'm like, oh, I don't. I, I didn't do it for competition, but like for some reason that gives me anxiety because I'll feel bad for the people that don't make it. And I know how hard that would feel. Oh, I know. I used to watch, when I watched that show, they'd have the um, tryout period, like the first couple episodes where they have people coming through and they would be like just bombing so bad. And the guys would say, who told you you were funny? Like, seriously, who was that person? So I know to oh, kick, kick them in the butt or whatever. God. You know, sometimes I will like, when I was just starting, I was like, you can tell me, just tell me, am I doing that? Like, should I even be doing this? <laughs> Right. Yeah. I mean, the laughs are what really counts too. If you if you can get the laughs, and I think some people, what I'm afraid is that, like like you said earlier, your dad was thought you were funny, but then you get the parents that say their kids are so funny, but then they try to go out in the real world and try it. Like my mom says I'm funny, so they go out yeah. and they are just horrible, and then and then they get so depressed because they 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 bomb. They're like, well, my mom said I was funny. <laughs> Why are you saying funny? And, exactly. And just, you know, it's hard work. It really, it's not I something that just happen. You know, anybody that goes up, no matter how funny you think you are, no matter how, like I can make a room laugh. I, I, I know what I'm able to do and I got schooled. I got, it's just a different beast. It's like nothing else. Any, like say you can make them laugh anywhere you go. You go up there, it's like the most challenging thing because sometimes you will and sometimes you won't, no matter how good you are. I wonder if part of that is the expectation too because people show up Mm -hmm. for you to make them laugh versus like when you're in a room full of people, it's kind of a a surprise. Like, you know, when people are going throughout their day and you say something quippy or funny and you're like, "Ah, it's unexpected. Right, versus I'm showing up, make me laugh, I paid money. Yes. Although sometimes when they, like it's a comedy show and they know they're coming for it, there's a different energy to it. So you might get more laughs. Like if you can, if you're keeping it right, like if you're on the same beat as them, you can, you can do all right. Cause uh, they're just more apt to laugh because they know they're going somewhere that's going to be funny. But like our open mic, a lot of people don't know we're doing comedy that night. So you really, you really got to like figure that out. Like that's another puzzle to solve. Because sometimes they're like, what? And you got to win them. And you got to win them in five minutes. It's crazy. Is that how big your set is at five minutes? Yeah, it's about five, six minutes. And then the shows are about like six to eight. Okay. So um, what do people normally start out with? Say I went to an open mic night just here if they were available. And I said, hey, I want to do this. How much time do they usually give me as starting out being nobody? Uh, here they would give you five minutes. So five minutes is, is what they usually give you? Yeah. Okay, okay, cool. So you have an idea. So you basically have to – so if you're if you're making a five-minute set, do you really kind of plan for six minutes to kind of like – or do you, how do you adjust oh, it? How do you figure that out? I haven't mastered it. I usually get the light and then try to wrap up the joke. <laughs> oh, oh, really? I haven't mastered it. I practice and practice and practice. I get close enough. Like I've never like got it spot on. So like I get close enough and I'm still trying to master that. But like – you practice it. So you like run your set through um, and time yourself and try to hit that five minute mark. 
Now, also, too, I'm saying, like, with the laughs that could come in or could yeah. not come in. Like, you have a joke that usually gets laughs. And you know you're waiting for it. So you have to kind of, like, I guess, yeah, kind of expect those to come in and time those into your five minutes. Yes. Right. Yeah. So you've got to, like, just pause as you time yourself. And then, you know, it's – if it does go longer – I mean, they do let you wrap up, right? So you get, like, a okay. one-minute warning. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So, so you kind of know in your head to, like, how to play it. But, you know, like to end the joke, if you have something to end it high on, end it now. Um, or if you're just finishing a joke and you can fit that one more minute in, like um, you just got it. Like as time goes, you get better and better at like managing that. And you have more jokes as well as you keep going. Right. you got more material to kind of pull from. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I never really thought about that, like the timing of the set to give time for laughter, because, I mean, you don't want to roll into another and I don't even say joke because it's more like a bit because you're not like trying to just tell joke well, after like, joke after knock, joke. Knock, knock, who's there? No, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but to <laughs> pause as people start laughing and give it room to breathe and then yes. start rolling into the next piece to gain momentum. Like I'd never even thought about the, still, like the cadence so or the rhythm. Yeah, today, well, it is very, um, they always say it's like uh, writing music and it is like, I haven't mastered it, but like you can tell like it's almost like writing a song and you're like timing it out. And some people get really good at it. I still will sometimes talk over the laugh. Oh. <laughs> I record myself and I play it back, which is a great way of um, practicing or like, you know, figuring out what you're doing up there. Cause you've got nerves, you've got everything in there. Oh, I bet. So you, yeah. you blank it out. You're like, you think, you, you think you know what you've done and then you hear it back and you're like, Oh my God, I say so a lot. So, so. Oh, I love <laughs> but it. But then like- you can make like little, little notes about it. Right. And then when I do that, uh, I, I can hear myself like, Oh, I need to give more time here. And, I don't know. You're just constantly learning from it, but it's like, it's so worth it when you do like I had before COVID, I had one uh, great show and that thrill, like I would do it over and over again just to get one more of those. Like it was amazing. Oh, that's great. Do you have a a copy of that? I have it uh, on my YouTube. Oh, awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah. I guess that's the best way to get some of that comic material is on YouTube and like, and like have it on there to kind of show other people and things like that. Yeah, a lot of people will ask like on Twitter, a lot of them will sit, ask like, do you have anything that we can see? And I'll, uh, so I just put a couple of the shows on, well, I've only done a couple of shows. I put those on YouTube and um, it gives them like an idea of what I'm doing. I mean, they kind of get it from like the jokes I put on Twitter as well. They get a feel of me. Do you, do you think a lot of comics who write jokes and put them on Twitter, do you think are just like hand fed them? Like they got them somewhere, they just, they just copy and oh, paste yeah. it. You know? Totally. Like, but you know what? I'm like, if it's making somebody cheer up or smile for two seconds, I'm like, how, I don't know. I mean, like I wouldn't want my material taken, but at the same time, I'm, I would, don't think I would lose my mind over it. I think if it made somebody laugh, like if they're trying to be a comic and they're taking my material, that's something different. If they're just like, they're only trying to do it for Twitter. Whatever. Right. right. Whatever. Now, speaking of that and your material, you mentioned that you have a, a variety of different inspirations for your content that you develop. Uh, since you're married, is there any discussion <laughs> about what's off limits as part of your bits or part of your shows? No, he's never said he's never said that, but I run a lot by him. I mean, to me, I always say he's not funny. Right. I say he's, he's the type of funny 
that only happens when he's not trying. <laughs> oh, really? Like, like a clumsy yeah. kind of fun? A clumsy kind I of I relate get- to that. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Like he'll say something but not mean to be funny and we'll all laugh because it's like hilarious. I'm feeling very persecuted right now, Christine. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Although I will say like he's come out with some stuff um, that I was like, all right, all right. This is pretty cool. Like, uh, like he's developing his own funny. Like he's yeah. got me a few times where I was like, all right, but he's never said anything's off. I always t- like go through my, uh, set with him. Um, and he's fair game. I mean, I've been making fun of him. Oh my God. I've made fun of him way worse when we were first married. Like, oh, man. <laughs> yes. so I remember then he would be like, okay, that wasn't very nice. Right. Oh. And I, so I learned back then to like take it eat. Like I just learned a different approach to it. So we still laugh, but he's like part of the joke now. It's not like me like venting, I guess. Oh yeah. <laughs> so hey Christine, is, is your is your set is it is it pretty clean or do you go deep like mm. like uh, raunchy stuff? I don't think it's raunchy. I don't I don't want to say it's raunchy, but it's like maybe crass. Like uh I try to take I don't know why it is that way because I admire like Mitch Hedberg and my favorite. Um, I love that guy. Oh, well, I love him. And R. I love R. like RIP, but yeah. Well, dry bar comedy. I watch a lot of that. So it's like all clean. And I always thought I would be that way, but for some reason, a lot of it comes out um, like a lot about my body, but not, I, I kind of do it with a twist. So I'm not like vulgar. Like I went to one of those like femme fatale parties. Uh huh. Right. And I tell, I just told that experience. So I don't know what you would think of that. Like, is that raunchy? I don't know. Like, I didn't, I, I kind of do it with like a funny twist. Like, I never went to them before. Uh, I was scared. I talk about like what I saw, what I wasn't comfortable with and make funnies off of that. That's great. Now, do you yeah. think, do you find that, that I, I heard some comics will say that they just fall into the more raunchy stuff because it's just easier to get the shock value versus trying to think of a clever clean version of a joke i i would say that i try to be clever with it although because i've been eating dirt lately i've had to reassess it all and really try to figure out what i'm trying to get across um which is good because you're growing right so i'm of course yeah i'm trying to like uh i'm looking at what i do and i the last set i sounded angry so i was like where did i come from (laughs) i did i sounded very angry so i'm like okay i gotta like back up and like this is, I can't force them to laugh. Like I got to like be a little more clever. Like there's a line where they'll go to, but like a lot of people don't want to hear certain stuff. Like it depends on your crowd too. Right. So that's why I think like the younger crowd is like more accepting of like some of the funny things I have. And then, or the things that I'm put trying to put out there. And then I get to a crowd that's mixed and I, I like kind of fall because I just go too far maybe, but uh, that's how you learn. Now, you mentioned that in your last show, you sounded angry. That makes me think <laughs> that you do some like post ob- or post-performance observation. Do you videotape yourself and watch it back like football film? <laughs> um, I try to if I have a friend or say my husband comes. Um, if I don't have anybody, I usually uh, just have the voice recording. But there was... I think the last one, it got videotaped and I was just like very disappointed and ha- it's not looking like how I, the momentum I was getting before COVID, I was really happy with. And then this, I come in and I think I'm being the same way, but it's coming across different. So like I've been reworking 
uh, some of the stuff I have and making it uh, just like, like reassessing how I do the joke and stuff. And I think uh, we'll give that a go this week or this week coming and see how that flies, but just be more creative about it. <laughs> well, there you I go. I needed that. Thank you. You're welcome. I need to take one of those with me. <laughs> just for you. <laughs> you're like, if you're not going to laugh, I'll bring my own with me. <laughs> I don't need you. You should have that on your phone on stage and just like, it's like drop it and put it next to the microphone. And say, hey, hey, At hey. least somebody thinks I'm funny. <laughs> yeah. When it's dead, I'll just be like, right. it's okay, guys. I don't need you. It's okay. And then I just play it in the microphone. Right. It's called, it's too uh, funny. yeah, it's called self gratification, right? Self affirmation. You don't need people for it. You could just do it yourself. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> well, that's but okay. Like, I always get like a laugh. But it's not the laugh I want, or if I'm not seeing what? the look in the faces that I want, is it like I'm a, very like hard a, on myself. Very okay. hard on myself. Okay, so you said a laugh that you don't really want. Well, how explain no, what that is? No, a laugh that I that I'm not. It's it's not a laugh I don't want. I want any laugh, but it's not at that le- Like it's got to be a certain frequency before I'm like satisfied. It, okay, let me do a demonstration. Is it kind of like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get the, I get a lot of those. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I get like the ups and downs, right? Like I always have something happening in there. Like they get it, but it's not like like ha ha ha. I haven't got one of those yet. Not a belly laugh, them. huh? Yes, they. Um, Phyllis Diller would call them boffs. Oh, yeah. It's just because I haven't been at your shows, Christine. I would find you hilarious, oh. just so you know. <laughs> yes, yeah. So we'll see how it goes. Like coming, but this is how you learn. So it's with stand up. There's so many times that you feel like, oh, what am I doing? Like I was actually judging whether like how much talent do I actually have? Like maybe I'm kind of funny, but do I have enough to like really do anything? And like my goal would be even just to tour Ontario, like just to go club to club. Like I really want to go to different towns at some point. And you just like, you wonder like maybe I don't have enough and you always want to like back up and turn around like, okay, I, I, you know, I did it. It's great. But there's this thing that I can't put it down. So there must be a reason. So you keep going forward and keep getting like mud in your face and whatever, because there must be something at the other the side of it. So some things, I don't know, it's a, it's a really tough call. And I don't know why this is the thing that I need to do because it's like one of the hardest things to do, but um, that's just the way it is. Well, you know, it sounds like you are really driven and passionate about it. And so when it comes to those types of big dreams and things of that sort, sometimes we can't let it down until we've been able to see it through. And you were talking about eating dirt recently. And yes. you know, my my thought on that, not that you're asking for it, but I'm going to give you my opinion anyways, oh. is that it's like you said, it's a learning process. And in education, because my full-time job is in education, we talk about the improvement journey and how you're not failing, but you're learning forward. And so- You say it, failing forward, is that we call it? Well, yeah, but it's not even failing so much as you're learning what didn't work and you're adjusting mm-hmm. and adapting and you're refining yes. every step yes. of the way. And you know, I think that, especially during this time of COVID, one of the things that we've seen- really carry us all through is the work of artists, whether it's music artists or painters or um, comedians, all types of art. And so you've been having to figure out how to thrive in a completely different dynamic, which Mm -hmm. like it's the closest thing that we've had to the Great Depression in many, many years (laughs) where people are just downtrodden. So I think 
when people get knocked so far down, sometimes it's it's hard for them as individuals to even find their little bit of humor. And it sounds like you're learning how to help lift people out of that. And that's, that's really masterful. Yes, I agree. I agree. It is, it's totally learning. And it's like, try not to give up in that process. Cause I don't want to be the person that walks away from it and then goes, what would have been, I don't know how far it would go, but like, I just, I can see myself doing it. So there's gotta be a way for me to get there, but it's, uh, it's uh, and it's hard to learn this at this age. Like you're like, oh man, I'm so tired. Like <laughs> you're watching your neighbors and friends, like and what they do, and I'm like going out at like when they're like settling in, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know what? Like you can't. Like I just I love it. Like I can't even explain. Like I love I love puzzles. I love jigsaw puzzles. So like to me, this is like the master of all puzzles to try to figure out. And I'm determined it is, it's like, I'm determined to figure out like how these pieces go together and I will figure this out because I can win over like, and I am able to do it quicker and quicker as I age, like uh, a room of complete strangers. I'm more forward now. Like I have a way more confidence than I have ever had, which is amazing in itself. And I can win that room over so quick that I'm like, there's gotta be a way that I'll improve on this as well. Well, it sounds like you are well on your way. And one Have of I convinced th- you guys? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, one of the things that we were really intrigued with is one of your newest projects that we saw pop up recently. <laughs> and I believe that it is in the form of a podcast, as Chris was mentioning. Yes, yes. So it's called Moms Are Not Funny. And it's myself and another comic mama. And we... Um, speak to other comedians about moms that have influenced their humor and influenced them along their way. So we have just started it. It's, we have the season one happening. I think three have gone out so far and um, it it gave us something to do. Like we started it up through the summer and uh, it was great because it just kept us in the game a bit and talking to other comedians is amazing. It's amazing to like, you know, like they've been out there doing it for years and you get to hear where they're coming from and what experiences they've had. Um, so it's really great. That's fantastic. I, I got to ask you this one question about the but moms aren't funny. What <laughs> would be a typical mom joke? Because there's dad jokes. So. <laughs> and we're not talking mom your joke. mamas. <laughs> mom joke would include wine. It would have oh, something to yes. do with wine. Yeah. I preach. <laughs> or we'd be like um, making fun of like, like moms just tend to have like more on their, in their head and stuff. And then, you know, like the husband being another child is like a mom joke. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying I didn't make it up. (laughs) Right. You're just speaking truth now. It's part, part joke, part truth. (laughs) That's really makes good humor is actually telling things that are true, but funny. Yeah. And like, we, we want to say like, everyone is like, the mom has to be so serious that a lot of people don't think moms are funny. And I would tell you that, I mean, my, I, I would think that my children are being raised maybe a little twisted, <laughs> but they have a funny mom and, uh, like, there's no way around that. Like they laugh at almost everything we're doing, even when they're in trouble, like say I'm upset about something. There's always a joke that works in at the end or two minutes later, always. That's so fantastic. I would love to develop that skill because I have learned, you know, I've been in a pretty professional career my entire life. And when Chris and I got together a couple of years ago, um, I just had the hardest time loosening up 
and I just take no myself way. yeah I take myself way too seriously oh. and so I think that that you like you hit the nail on the head is so many times moms feel like they have to take all of life seriously because they're yes. like taking care of the kids and it's life or death and like we forget oh, to you're bring keeping levity. dates in your head you're keeping phone numbers in your head you're um, thinking about the following weekend you're thinking about holidays you're thinking about like you're always going like the yeah, it's like well, even if you're sitting, it's you're still working. Or thinking about the, <laughs> about a wedding coming up next month uh, that Christine keeps reminding me about. Oh. <laughs> that too. That and he's like, too. yeah, right before this, he was like, um, so you keep track of all of those things, and no! I'll handle the podcast. <laughs> but yeah, sometimes Come I do on. feel like I'm like walking Rain Man, where it's like Wapner at five, like yes. everything about the schedule that I'm trying to like. Oh, you know, we have to do this. Mm-hmm. We have to do that. We have to do and this. I can't say like I. I wasn't always that way. Like I, it's as they get older, like when they understand the humor, I think it came out more, but I'll tell you when they were little, I had them, they're all two years apart. So like back in the day, it was like five, three and one. And I was like, my husband was working crazy hours and I was losing my mind. I had no family around me and it was crazy times. So I can't say I was really funny then, but, (laughs) but lots of humor came from it right so you take the situation and you just do the best you can with it like just pause for a minute and try to like uh, it's not that you know what I mean because I'll tell you all those moments they're gone now like I don't even I can't even remember any of them it feels serious at the time it's not so you're just gonna laugh more than the rest that makes a lot of sense and you know I would say that this definitely has lifted my spirits today and Chris Chris is he's fantastic he has this really sharp witty sense of humor and he's one of those where He's consistently funny, but about things that I just want to be serious and I want to be mad (laughs) and I can't stay mad because that's hard. That's hard. But at the same time, it's good. But it's hard. It is. It brings levity for sure. Well, thank you. Yes. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) So Christine, where can our listeners find your podcast and find out more about you? And if they're in Canada, where, what kinds of shows can they find you at? Okay, so right now, um, some of the shows we perform at are all in Windsor. Um, A lot of them are on, um, I mean, like, I usually post them when they're happening. Uh, I don't have a lot of followers that are in Windsor, though. Um, So That's that's odd, huh? I know. Well, like, a lot of followers, like, from Twitter, that type of thing. Facebook people, all my neighbors and stuff usually show up, and they're very supportive. Well, it's because you're world famous and, you know, you have a following from <laughs> all over the globe. so different. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, you've got to keep the paparazzi away from you. So you kind of got to like fly under the radar. I get it. Yeah. But I'm on, uh, the podcast is Moms Are Not Funny. So you can find that on Facebook, just under Moms Are Not Funny. Uh, we're on Instagram and uh, Twitter at Moms Are Not Funny. Um, and we like list like all of our shows that are coming up. I try to give like a little bit of like what comedian it's going to be, uh, where they're coming from. And then, uh, for Twitter, I am at Christine comedy and on Instagram, I'm at Christine hall comedy and on YouTube, it's just Christine hall. Awesome. Well, listeners, if you have loved what you have heard, which we know that you have because we have, then make sure that you check out the Moms Are Not Funny podcast. Check Christine Hall out across her social media platforms and definitely subscribe and give some five star reviews because we love to support fellow up and coming podcasters and especially moms making moves. Right, Chris? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, thank you. And so thank you so much for being with us. And um, 
from your friends from the other country. Um, we appreciate your international presence today. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thanks for being so far away. Yeah, thanks so much. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, everyone, you're invited to Harpy, Harpy Hour. Hour. I'm Tracy. I'm Liz. I'm Steph. We are the Harpies. And Harpy Hour is our new podcast featuring ridiculous stories in history, science, and entertainment. Were you ever suspicious that pigeons were secretly spying on you? How do you know who to eat first if you survive a shipwreck? Do problematic musicals send you into an uncontrollable rage? If so, then Harpy Hour might be your new favorite podcast. That's H-A-R-P-Y for Harpy, and new episodes air every Tuesday wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on all social media at Harpy Hour Pod. And check us out on harpyhourpodcast.com. Okay, bye. Well, that was so much fun to have another Christine on the show. It definitely was. And I'm still laughing about your tomato blocker comment. That's given me so many laughs. You know, they should put a sticker or like a little banner right above it so that it's like right there in the front so that people see that. And they're automatically laughing when they just read that sign and they see the stage and they see the comic standing there and they see the tomato blocker thing. Can you just imagine that? How funny that we just to see that? No, I can't. It would be so funny. But speaking of that, I was at the vet today with Paisley because she's been getting no better. Way. Well, yeah. I mean, how's she doing? By you the know, way, you know how she's doing. She's well. Still, the listeners don't know how. Ha- I know. Explain, but, explain the listener because we have not told them what happened to poor Paisley. Well, Paisley is very sick. Paisley is our baby tortoise, and she is ten months old. And I on Tuesday noticed that she was breathing a little bit noisy, and I thought she had a cold. And so I, because her eyes were a little bit puffy, and so I got her a vet appointment for early the next morning. But by the time we got her to the vet the next morning, she was not doing well at all. She was very puny. And what we thought was a upper respiratory infection after a set of x-rays was actually um, an impacted bowel and bacteria and air in her intestines. And so she's been very sick, and I've been nursing her back to health. She has a soft shell and bruising underneath. It's just very, very sad. Poor but Paisley. I know. I Hashtag to... pray for Paisley. Yes, please. She is our little baby, our little pumpkin. And, and she's so little too. She's, she is. She's a size of like, hold your hand out and she will fit in the palm of your hand. She is. So they weighed her and she is 27 grams, which is the equivalent of 0.95 ounces. She's not even a full ounce. Wow. Is that the normal size for, I mean, weight? For no, I'm just saying like she's tiny. When you think of a baby is like eight pounds, nine ounces. She's less than one of those ounces. Well, yeah, babies are a lot bigger too. Right. But, uh, she's such a little cute little thing, little little turtle Paisley. I love her right. so much. But when I was at the vet today for her recheck, she's doing a lot better today. She's not out of the woods yet. But they had this plexiglass barrier with this tiny slot underneath it by the exam table. So Paisley's in a little tiny box. So I like slipped her on the table between the plexiglass and they have that between you. It's like they let you in one door and then the doctor comes in on the other side of the plexiglass. So they're completely covered by that. Why? But it, uh, because it's a barrier. Is it for like uh, diseases like uh, us humans? For COVID. Eat- but not for the turtles to get safe? I don't understand. No. So the turtle goes with the doctor, but the plexiglass. Is, so it's like, okay, imagine our dining room table. Right. And then imagine plexiglass hanging over it, but just like a six inch, maybe an eight inch gap between the table and the plexiglass. So you could like scoot your animal through it. 
but the plexiglass is like all the way down from the oh, ceiling. Oh, like restaurants do that. I've seen that, like for, for their tables. Yeah, or like when like you it. go to like check out with someone, how you have to like slip your money in or whatever. But um, it was really interesting, and I was sitting there looking at that, thinking about our podcast episode releasing today, and thinking about it being a tomato blocker. And then I was thinking. Well, at a vet's office, if you had a really sick animal and it was, you know, projectile vomiting something, it would actually really protect the owner from getting that mess all over them. Wow. What kind of pets you bring in there to do that kind of mess? My well, goodness. it was an animal Ma- maybe mon- Do they do monkeys there? Those, those monkeys that throw poop? They do that too? Well, I don't know. It's an, it is an exotic pet um, veterinary hospital. Are you allowed to have a monkey? Is that a rule? Are you allowed to have one or no? I don't think so. Okay. I think they're not allowed. Right. But people do. I've heard, I've heard of stories. You yeah, know, they smuggle them across the border. Yeah, that and is that what your, par- your parents are down in Mexico getting a monkey? No, bringing them back. You know what? That's our that's our wedding gift. Don't give it away. They already asked me what size is it. Want. Abu from from Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> is that the monkey's name Abu? I don't. know. If I had a monkey, I name it Abu. Abu? You have to. I mean, what else do you name a monkey? I, I, that's like the name of a ghost. Uh, boo. <laughs> no, that's Boo with a B. I'm I thinking said, Abu. Boo. Abu. A, it sounds a, like a chew, like a sneeze. No, it's the monkey in Aladdin was named Abu. I know. I'm just messing with okay, you. Okay, just checking. Well, no, my parents are not bringing us a monkey back. How about a parrot? You know, that par- would be fun. Although I have to tell you, when I was little and my parents took us to Europe when I was eight years old, we stayed with family friends in Europe and they had this parrot and its name was Jakob. And Jakob, it's like Jacob, but in German. Oh, right. And every morning at like 5.30 a.m., the bird would go, pretty bird, Jakob, pretty bird. Ah! <laughs> every morning. It was so annoying. Oh, it's crazy. It's yeah. Crazy. So every time I think of a parrot, I'm like, Jakob, pretty oh. boy, pretty boy, Jakob, pretty boy. Uh, yeah, ah! I know. I've never been a big bird guy, to tell you the truth. You know, I mean, I like to see him when they fly around or the bird cage at the zoo. But other than that, nah. I mean, I don't want to own one, I don't think. Yeah, and speaking of the zoo, we'll give a shout out to our neighbors. Harold, the amazing zookeeper from the San Diego Zoo, retired today after a successful wow. career of service Congratu- at the San Diego Zoo. Congratulations. Congrats, Harold. We gave him a little card today, and he is one of the large mammal zookeepers at the San Diego Zoo. They'd be like elephants and things like that, right? I'm not sure, but and they've, they've been very sweet in giving me advice about how to care for Paisley and offered to come and help give injections if we had any problems. Oh, that's great. Right. That was yeah. very sweet of them. It's definitely very sweet. And so we're just grateful to be able to be here with you this week and hope that you got some laughs out of our interview with Christine. And she was, well, not this Christine, but the other Both funny, Christines. the funnier Christine that Both was on Christines. the show. Uh, but thank you so much for joining us this week. And we will be back next week and we'll see you then. Remember this week that life is too short to wake up in the morning with regret. So love the people who treat you right, forget about the ones who don't, and believe that everything happens for a reason. If you get a chance, take it. If it changes your life, let it. Nobody said that it would be easy. They just promised it would be worth it. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Chris. And I'm Christine. And until next week, keep moving forward.